I think on Mother's Day, I stood here and I preached about arise and push. Arise and pray until something what happens. And this morning is a similar message that I'm going to give unto you. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know everybody on this surface of this earth. God has bestowed something upon your life. There is something within you. That's, that is what makes you unique. But until you recognize or you discover what is within you, you will just walk on the surface of the earth without any, any, any vision or any, any goal. But if you could figure out, you could, you could see what is within you and you are toiling to bring the thing out and the thing is not coming, that is where the push comes in. Hallelujah. So I was here, I provoked some people. The calls that I got, I provoked some people to push more. Maybe you are pushing, but you are not pushing it harder. But I, 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 I want you to do it more. This morning, I'm not preaching about that. But it's a similar. My title for this morning is Repairing the Runes. There are some things that are in our lives that are runes. So we have to just get up and repair them. You cannot go to the store and buy a brand new cloth. And you just take it to the seamstress or the tailor and say, you know what, um, you need to um, <clears throat> do this or you know, take everything down and do it again. No, unless maybe it's big or small or something that something needs to be done to that clothing. But if we are saying that repair something that is ruined, it means that before something was right and something has happened to the thing and now there's a mistake or something must have happened to the thing, so it needs to be what? To be repaired. This one, I don't know what is wrong in your life. I don't know what is broken in your life. I don't know what is uh, the enemy has destroyed in your life. But if you will recognize that, okay, this is the area that I'm falling short. This is the wall in my area that is broken. You will arise and do something about it. Amen. When we talk about a building, we see the building so beautifully. We will see that, you know, sometimes the materials that you use to build a building, you don't even see them at the end. The, the, the final stage is what people see and say, oh, this building is beautiful. But there are stages that the building went through before it got to the beautiful stage. We have the foundation. The foundation has to be solid. People that have built houses, they know what I'm talking about. If you build a house on a shallow foundation, then you are wasting your money, time, energy, and everything because it is going to collapse. If you let the foundation become strong, because you spend more money when you are building a foundation. Because the foundation has to be strong. The Bible says that if the foundation be destroyed, what would the righteous do? Your foundation in your Christian life has to be solid, has to be grounded, has to be very firm. You cannot just have any foundation and say, okay, I'm just, you know, having any foundation and build a building. No, the building will collapse. This morning, I am here to encourage somebody. Build your Christian life. On a foundation that every wave that will come your way, it cannot move it. Hallelujah. We see the foundation, so let the foundation be solid. After the foundation being built, then the walls come in before the roof. Then we have the shelter. This morning I'm talking about the walls. The walls that was broken in Jerusalem. And some people said they were going to build these walls. There are some walls that are broken in your life. What are you doing about those walls that are broken? Somebody will ask, what is the purpose of wall anyway? Because we are sitting in this beautiful auditorium. But the walls that are around us, 
That is what people see. People don't see the foundation, but that is the strongest. But we see the walls. The walls does what? It brings what? Protection. It protects you. Because if somebody could penetrate into this wall, somebody can walk into this building. If the door is locked, the walls that we are seeing around protect us from people coming into this building. It brings privacy. People do outside will not see what we are doing inside unless they budge inside and see what we are doing in here. It also brings security. If you are writing those down. So walls bring what? Protection, privacy, and security. Hallelujah. This morning, how is your wall? Is it strong? Do you see a crack in your wall? Is it shaking? We, are, we all have levels in life that, you know, sometimes you sit down and you said, okay, things are not going on right. So I need to do something. This morning, you are the one that I'm talking to. Without the walls, look at how this um, demonstration that went on some few days or weeks ago. People were breaking into people's um, stores and looting things and destroying things. Even though the walls were there, but they were able to cut through the gates and enter. But they could not destroy the walls. But they were able to cut through the, what, the gates. So it's difficult for somebody to break a wall that is strongly what, built. If your walls are very firm and strong, it is going to be hard. Even though I'm not here to announce to you that the enemy cannot penetrate, the enemy will not venture. But it's going to be hard for them to what? To come in. If you have your Bibles with me, let's turn our Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2. Without walls, any animal can just come into your vineyard and bring destruction. If your walls are broken, any animal can penetrate. Any animal can come in and mess things up. Armed robbers can come in and steal what is not theirs. So if your walls are broken, you need to be vigilant, you need to be watchful, you need to arise and build those walls back. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 11 to 20. When you read um, chapter 1, it talks about when um, Nehemiah got to Jerusalem and saw that the Jerusalem walls are broken. The Bible says, in, when you read chapter 1, it's very lengthy. He says that he sat down and he cried. He sat down and he wept. Because the walls of Jericho, or the walls of Jerusalem, were broken. I, I was thinking about it, you know, very carefully. This wall does not belong to Nehemiah alone. It's a city wall. So why did he have to take it upon himself and say that, you know what, I am going to do something about it. You are in a family. Sometimes you get into some family. You will see the women so beautiful. You know, women, we look at things. So you will see a very beautiful woman and you ask yourself, myself, Lord God, how did you create me? Because this woman is so beautiful. But they are struggling when it comes to marriage. It means that a wall has been broken and enemy has, has intruded. There are some family, you will go into the family. Everybody will be married, but they will never have the fruit of the womb. A wall has been broken. There are some families, everybody is educated, but none of them has a job. There is a family, uh, there are certain age, you can't, even, you can't even pass that age. 
At the age of 49, my grandmother has to die. At the age of 49, my mother has to die. At the age of 49, maybe this one, my auntie has to die. At the age of 49, my uncle. There has been a wall that is broken and the enemy has taken authority in that house. It has to take only one person to, to rise up and say that enough is enough. I will bring a change into this family. Nehemiah stood up and Nehemiah said, if nobody is going to do this, I am going to do it. What are you doing? And you are sitting down idle and you are watching things go wrong. It's about time believers we rise up and we have to take everything that belongs to us. Things are not going on right. Do not sit down idle. Do something. Nehemiah sat down and the Bible says he wept. After finished weeping, he prayed unto God. We are human. Whenever situation comes, the Bible says that there is time for everything. There is time to mourn. There is time to cry. There is time to laugh. So it, sometimes in your life, you need to cry a little bit. I'm very emotional. Crying is part of me. I will cry right now. Just give me some worship song. That's, that's it. Cry. But after he cried, he never sat you know, idle and did not do anything about it. He went to God and prayed to God. And God spoke to him. So after God speaking to him, he realized that he has the boldness to do something. We are in a church. The church does not belong to anyone, but it belongs, it belongs to what? God. God gave the vision to only one man. I wasn't even there when God gave the vision. I am just a helper as you are. What are you doing to help the kingdom of God? What are your contributions in the house of God? What are you doing to support God's kingdom? I always say that, listen, our righteousness will take us to heaven. But the little things that we do in the house of God, that is what we are going to what? Enjoy when we get to heaven. We will get to heaven and some people will be homeless. Because the little things that you do for Christ, your tight paying, your offering, your singing, your cleaning, your, those are the things that are building your mansion for you in heaven. Yes, accept Christ and lead a righteous life. That is the entrance to heaven. But when you get there, there will be classes. Like here, people live in an apartment, people live in a house, and other lives on the streets. That is how heaven is going to be. What are you doing in the house of the, of, of the Lord? When we take our human body, our body as we stand here, there are certain organs within us that people do not see. All that we see is our eyes, our nose, our arms, our legs, our this, our that. But the main thing that makes us who we are, they are within us, but people do not see. Do you know the, the, um, the, the part that our kidney plays in, 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 in our body? Go to the hospital and look at the people that are on dialysis. There is a man that I know, now he has taken so much, he has gone to so much dialysis that all his veins are popped up down. They don't even have a vein to even give him the dialysis, the, the, the treatment anymore. Do you know what the organ can do? Do you know what your heart does in your body? Nehemiah stood up and said, I would not sit down idle for this war to be broken for enemies to come in and attack us. I would do something to help build the kingdom of God. My question this morning is, what are your contributions in the church that you go, the local church that you go? You go to assemblies of God. What do you do to support the vision of, of, of God? You go to Presbyterian church. What, what contribution do you, do you provide in that church? The head alone cannot do it. The arm alone cannot do it. Your eyes alone cannot do it. 
We have to come together, everybody doing their part to build the kingdom of God. Sometimes I come to church and I see mama. Look at how old, oh, I'm not going to say how old, old, how aged mama is. And mama will take a broom and mop and mama will be mopping the floors. I walk it every Sunday morning and it touches my heart. The moment this woman sees me, he, she will stop whatever that she's doing and put the mop down and rush and come and get my bag. Mama, oh, mommy, let me take your bag. I realized I gave it to her one or two and I realized I said, this woman is my mother. Look at the job that she's doing. And the moment I walk in, she stops everything that she's doing and she will run and come and collect my bag. So one time I stood there and I said, Mama, me, I will never give you my bag anymore. Walking and putting my bag here does not change who I am. Anyway, other pastors' wives, they like that. But I, to me, God or the Jesus Christ that I'm serving, he came to serve. When he came, he washed the feet of the disciples. Because if you are a leader, you lead by example. So the head is working. If the head is working, it motivates the neck to also move. If the neck is moving, it gives encouragement to the arms to move. Because if you are a leader and all that you do is to sit down doing nothing in your church and you want church members to do everything, it's not going to work. I told mama, I said, mama, I'm not giving you my bag anymore. I will walk and put my bag down. Sometimes I will go to the bathroom and I will help her. She said, mama, kids, go sit down. I said, no. I will take the tissue and I will help mama clean. What are you doing in the house of the Lord? Anytime we come to church and the doors are not open, pastor will know that Jeanette's mom has come around because when we come and the leaves are not around the building, we know that Jeanette's mom has come to sweep around. The world, the building is not open, but she just brings what? Garbage bags and stuff and cleans around and take the garbage home. You are an usher. What are your contributions in the house of God? Mr. Parry can play the keyboard as, as, much as, 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 as much as he can play. But if when we started this um, the, um, um, online services, he was the only one that was coming, <clears throat> playing every day. We were used to that. But when James came in and started playing the drums, you could see that there's a difference. Our brother Solomon came and added a guitar to it. Now he's giving us some sweet melody. Even though brother Opari was the one that started, but when the two of them joined him, there was a change. So one person doing everything one day, sometimes you get to a point that you get tired of it. What are you doing in the house of God? Church are going to be reopened soon. You can do something. Maybe you don't know how to talk. You don't know how to sing. You don't know how to do something. But the little things that are in you, you can also do what? Use to help to build the kingdom of God. Brother Ernest will say, Osophagus. Then my kids will be laughing at him. How do we say? Osophagus? But Uncle Vanessa will say, esophagus is in the body. It plays a very important role. What are you doing in the house of God? My case will, you know, esophagus. But Ghana will say, esophagus. What are you doing in the house of God? 
What are you doing in the house of God? What is your purpose of coming to church? I always tell people, if you come to church and you don't find something to do in the house of the Lord, the enemy will give you something to do. And anything that the enemy gives to you is always negative. If you are writing notes down, point number one, we need to focus on God and involve God in the work. A WhatsApp message was sent to me one time. A sister said she's sick and tired of a church that she goes to, so she's leaving the church. And she went to the pastor and told the pastor that, Pastor, I'm sick and tired of this church, so I'm leaving the church. And the pastor said, why are you leaving the church? And he says, people are talking about me. Anytime I go, they'll talk about my dressing, my shoe, my this, my that. So I'm sick and tired of that church I'm leaving. And the pastor gave him a cup of water full. And he says, go around with it. Make sure that one, none will drop on the floor. And the sister did. Went around the chairs and came back. And the pastor says, how come, did you drop some? He says, no. He said, how come you did not drop some? He says, because my attention was on the water. I was so focused on it and making sure that I won't drop one. And the pastor said, that is how, if you come to the house of the Lord, your focus has to be the man up there, not anybody seated. If your focus is Christ, and you believe that he went through so much, and you are focusing on him. You will not focus on the things that people are saying about you. For their talk, they will talk. For their love, they will love. Anything they will. But if your focus is on God. Hallelujah. We need to focus on God. If God be for you, who can be against you? As Romans 8 says. If you are doing the things of God, it doesn't mean that you won't go through any challenges. You go through challenges. But if God be for you. Who can be against you? Our next point is you need to overcome discouragement. The moment you set your eyes on something to do, you need to what? Overcome discouragement. When Nehemiah decided to build the kingdom of, of or, or build the walls of Jericho or Jerusalem, the Bible says it came what? Tobiah and Sambalad. They rose up and they said they won't let this man do what he has purpose to do. The moment you, you say to yourself that I'm going to do something for Christ, remember there are going to be challenges. The moment you said I am going to do something for this family, yes, there are going to be challenges. The moment you say you are going to do something to yourself, your own life, there are going to be challenges. I'm not here to tell you and Nancy stories and tell you that it's going to be on a silver platter. No, there are going to be challenges. But can you stand in that storm? A family that are, people are dying. Family that things are not going on well. Family that are going through so much. You, you said, I'm going to change that family. Who are you? Do you think they will let you go scot-free? They will give you names. They will tell, they will say so many things about you. But I'm here to announce you that do not give up. Nehemiah went through so much. But did he give up? No, he never gave up. A sister called me when we were coming to church. She said, Mommy, I won't do anything in the church anymore because anytime I do something, people talk about me. And I said, but if you go to work, you have this supervisor there who doesn't like you, right? She said, yes. People at your work, they talk about you, right? Yes. But every morning you get up and you dress and you go, why do you go? Because I need to pay my bills. You see the physical cash, so no matter what they treat you at work, you get up and you go. 
But in the house of God, we don't see the physical blessing. But that is the most important. You are working towards your own salvation. But if you can go to work that people talk about you, how can you can feel comfortable and dwell at a place and focus on God and do something for Christ? There's a potential in all of us that we can do. If this morning you will arise and say, I will build the walls of this house. I will build the walls of Pentecost. I will build the walls of Assemblies of God. I will build the walls of Presby. I will, every local church that you go, just make a determination that no matter what, I am going to build, do something to help build the, 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 the kingdom of God. It will be a transformation for you yourself in your life. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have to wait for pastor to do everything. Yes, because, oh, we need to. But John and Peter did something at a beautiful gate. Because of the time, we are not going to read Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. Write them down. When you get home, you can read them. There was a crippled man at a beautiful gate. And Peter and John were just entering into that beautiful gate. And this man was crippled, what, from birth. He was captured by the sight of this people. John, when John and Peter was, you know, passing by, they were captured by the sight of this man, this crippled man, and they were like, okay, let's look at him again. And the man saw that, oh, these people are new, so they beg for arms. And Peter and John looked at them. Jesus Christ was now with them. Sometimes we don't, we say, oh, let me wait for the pastor before I could do this. A brother is sick. Let me wait for the pastor before I could go and pray for the pastor. If you know what is within you, you will, you will put them into practice. You will demonstrate them. Peter and John got there. Jesus was now with them. But when the man asked them about money, give us something, give me something. Peter and John look at the man and says, we have nothing, but what we have is Christ. And that is what we give you this day. Can you also stand in that gap? When pastor is not there, can you also stand and say, I will make sure that the church will go on perfectly or you rather scatter the church? If things are not going on right in your family, it doesn't matter age. Can you stand and say, okay, I am the last born in the family, so I will pray until something happens. Are you willing and are you able to do that? When it comes to spiritual matters, there is no age. You can do something. You can change the environment. They said money we don't have. But what we have is more powerful than the money that we are going to give you. Because when we give you the money today, you will come back tomorrow and sit at the same place and beg for arms. So we are giving you something that will never, you will never come back here again. And they said in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, arise and walk. And instantly, the Bible says that this man stood up and started jumping around. They gave him something more precious than what? Than what he was asking for. Do you think he's going to go back and ask for arm? No. Peter and James and John did that. What are you doing in your family? What are you doing in your church? It's about time that we have to throw everything away and say that we are going to do what? We are going to do the things of God. Church are going to reopen again. Probably you were not doing anything. You can come to church and even serve water. Bring people together. People are going to be more discouraged. I was just talking to one of our brothers. And after, after church reopens, many people are going to be discouraged. 
Can you stand and say that my church that I go to, I will make sure that everybody will be encouraged to come back to church? Or rather, you add more, more to it. Oh, we are sick and tired of the church. Ah, sorry to cry. You can sit down and watch it at home. Yeah, really? The Bible says we should not stop assembling one another. Church services are going to open again. What are your contributions? Hallelujah. I like the part that when I got to, and it says that when Nehemiah decided to build the kingdom or the walls, there came Tobiah and Sambalad. They are meant to be there to frustrate us. They are meant to bring destruction our way so that we will not reach our goal and we will not reach the path that God has for us. But are you going to let that stop you? Sometimes you go to a church, the main pastor will be the Tobiah and the Sambalat. But are you going to say that I am walking away? Sometimes you go to the church, the pastor's wife will be the Tobiah and the Sambalat in the church. If I say that, maybe you don't understand. People that bring confusion and destruction. Maybe the main people that are there are going to bring destruction. But are you going to say that I'm going back? There is a story that I've preached about before about Hannah. Hannah had pain. Her rival in her life and her rival always mock at her because she's childless. But one day, Hannah said, you know what? I have to change the situation. I have to change what I'm seeing around. I have to bring some transformation in my life. So Hannah decided to go to the house of the Lord to do what? To pray. Guess who provoked Hannah? It wasn't a church member. It wasn't anybody. But it was the minister himself. When Hannah got there, the Tobiah and the Sambalat in his life went into the man of God, the prophet, the prophet Eli, and he was the one that provoked Hannah. But did Hannah went back home? No. If you know what you are looking for, it doesn't matter the storm. If you know what you are looking for, it doesn't matter what people say about you. If you know that you have a goal to achieve, you have a purpose to accomplish, you will pursue and you will go ahead until you fulfill what you want to accomplish. Hannah said, I won't let this man stop me. No matter what the man said, he said, you look like you are drunk. Are you drunk? Are you this? Then Hannah did not disrespect this man. He says, no, I came to pour my heart before God. This morning, you will make up your mind to do something for Christ. To do something in the house of God. There are going to be people who will talk about you. There are going to be people who will provoke you. Are you going to stop doing the things of God? Are you going to stop doing the things in your family? Hannah never gave up. And at the end, she was able to receive what was rightfully belongs to, what, to her. Number three, we must work together. There must be unity among us. Look at the people that have died. The, the number of people that are dead. Holding grudges among us is not going to work. If we want to build the house of God, if we want to build the people that built the walls of Jericho, the Bible says that they came together as one body. We need to work together. Now you are not talking to brother uh, Asante and now brother Asante is dead. What a shame. You, don't, you are not going to see him anymore. But probably when he was dying, he made some, you know, some arrangement with his God. So probably he's in heaven and you are still here holding grudges against your brother or your sister. 
coming together, let's come together in one unit and in one accord and love one another. Show arms, show love. And let's, that is what the Bible says that it will bring the unity together and we can build together. Without unity, without love, we cannot do this together. Number four, we must be revived spiritually. When Nehemiah decided to build the kingdom or build the, 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 the broken walls, the Bible says he fasted. He prayed to the God that he serves. And God gave him the guidance. When you want to come as an usher, come to church and do anything without prayers and fasting sometimes, you don't know the people that you are going to meet. It's not going to work. That is why every wave will just, you know, push you aside. But if you are prayerful and you fast and you do things spiritually, you, you, you plant yourself, you know, in the things of the spirit, no waves will do what? will move you. Finally, we should ask God for help and strength. Because for us to do it, in your, whether it's in your family, at your job place, wherever, you cannot do it alone. We need to ask God for strength. We need to draw strength from God's word. We need to be organized. Because when we are not organized, when we are disorganized and people walk in, they will walk out. Hallelujah. If you are blessed, just put your hands together for the Lord. And I give God the glory and I thank Pastor also. And this morning I am here to announce to you that if you don't have a church, right now we are all having online services. But when church reopens, find a Bible-based church and what? And fellowship. And what? And engage yourself in the things of God. The walls are broken in ICS. ICS members, let us arise and build the church. The walls are broken in upper room assemblies of God. Upper room members arise and build the church. The walls of the BBT are broken. Arise and build it. The walls of Presbyterian are broken. Arise. Everywhere that you fellowship, arise and help build the kingdom of God. Your family things are not going on right. You are the only one that can stand. You don't need, you know, everybody to support you. You can stand and you can start something and you can, what? Rebuild the walls that are broken. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 God is good. I am going to read. Whilst I was, I'm bringing my sermons to a close, I saw this and I, I just want to read it just a minute and then that's it. It's a hymn. It's a, it's a Methodist hymn. It says, Hark the voice of Jesus calling. Who will go and work today? Fields are white. The harvest are waiting. Who will bear the shaves away? Loud and long, the master call. Rich reward he offers free. Who will answer? Glad is saying, here am I, send me. The second verse says that if you cannot cross the ocean and the hidden lands explore, you can find the hidden nearer. You can help them at your door. If you cannot speak like angels, you cannot preach like Paul. You cannot tell the love of Jesus. You can say to you can you can say he died for you all. If you cannot be a watchman standing on a Zion walls, pointing out to the path of heaven, offering life and peace to all with your prayer with and with your bounty, you can do what heaven demands. You can be like faithful Aaron holding up the prophet's hands. The last one says, while the souls of men are dying, the master calls you. Let none hear 
and sit idle. There is nothing I can do. Gladly take the task he gives you. Let us work together and be ple and, and what and show pleasure. Any answer quickly when he calls. Here am I. Send me. Now God is calling us to do what? To do his work. Are you ready to do the things of God? May God richly bless you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we bless your name for your word that has come forth. We ask that, Lord, you water it. And, Lord, give us the insight and the understanding. And, Lord, how to do the things that, Lord, you wanted us to do. We bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen.